0: Welcome to the sermon ministry of River Community Church, a congregation of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church located in Prairieville, Louisiana. Our purpose is to help people live in and live out the good news of Jesus Christ. We welcome you to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and to learn more about us at rivercommunity.org. It's of Matthew, chapter 28 verses 16 through 20, and then also we will be in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. So if you have your Bible in front of you, use this time to find your way there. Matthew 28 is right before Matthew 29. There we go, I outed some of you. Uh, <laughs> now, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Now, the 11 disciples and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You're supposed to be standing. I forgot to tell you that. Can we stand for Colossians 3.11? Yes, please. Thank you. Colossians 3.11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, you may be seated. All right. Let me get used to all the things that we're doing a little differently. So... I left for a couple weeks, and uh, what happened? <laughs> this, is, uh, this has been some tough stuff. I, you know, we were dealing with a, a pandemic, and then um, events over the previous few weeks have reminded us of, of an issue that has been with us for a long time. It's been a very hard week. It's been a hard week for me. Um, you know, you sit on on Facebook, and uh, you're just bombarded with lots of of heartfelt thoughts, feelings, and it's it's a very weighing thing to be living in the midst of a. Uh, of a, of a time like this, with, with our civil unrest, with the cries for justice, with the protests. What to say? What, what is to be said? And maybe what I mean by that question <clears throat> is, where to start? Where, where to start? On, on all of this, um, I, I feel regrettably unprepared for what needs to be said, uh, ill equipped for saying it. It's a problem. It's a real problem. Racism is real. Inequality is real. Anger is real. Why do I feel so unprepared? Because it hasn't been my fight. I haven't seen it as my fight. I'm a preacher. I preach the gospel. That's my fight. Is the question of racial reconciliation our fight? Or is that society's thing? Is that a political thing? Where to start? That is why where I came as I was struggling with this week was to battle that question. Is this my fight? Is this our fight? And I'm going to tell you, racial reconciliation is a gospel issue. Racial reconciliation is a gospel issue. And I, I want to make that as unequivocally clear as I can by preaching from the Great Commission. I mean, this is the most evangelical of evangelical texts. It's the big mountain. It's said from a mountain. It's go and make disciples. Make people for Jesus, the risen Lord. And I believe that if we take the Great Commission and we believe it and we live it, which is to say we are gospel people, that we must believe racial reconciliation is a gospel issue. I picked this text to make it unequivocal, to make this point. Racial reconciliation is a gospel must. And the reason that I am starting at a place that is this simple, that is this basic, it's because I have, and I think evangelicalism in general has, avoided that conclusion. Often we look at this text and we focus on those words, make disciples. We're all on that page. That's our mission, to make disciples, i.e., reach out to the individual, preach Jesus to them, bring them into a a church, a Bible study, small group, and make a disciple, make a believer of Jesus. That is the the classic evangelical mission. It's a very individual gospel. It's it's the vertical gospel. It's the uh, understanding that what, what we need to tell the world is that you need to be right with God, and you are not right with God. And nothing I am saying is anything I'm arguing against. We, we recognize that the gospel is you are not right with God. Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for your sins and to offer you by faith alone the good news that your sins are forgiven and you are reconciled with God. That is the vertical relationship. That is the vertical gospel. And I think that is, that is our bread and butter. We focus on the vertical gospel, and we do very well with it. But the Great Commission, Matthew 28, announces a fuller gospel. And it announces that with the words, All Nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. You see, the gospel that Jesus is announcing, that he is sending his disciples to go and take into the world, is a gospel that reconciles vertically, but also reconciles horizontally. The effect the gospel is that the kingdom of God is made up of members of all nations, and they are made one family by being baptized into one name. And so the, the, the gospel that the Great Commission calls us to preach is a gospel of reconciliation with God, but it is also a gospel that calls All nations to be made one family, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do we mean when we see the word all nations? In Greek, it's Panta Ta Ethne. Uh, I don't know why I shared that, but that's the Greek phrase. And we mistake the Great Commission, if we think that the word nations and the Great Commission is the same thing as nations in our understanding of something like the United Nations, if we think of nations as as geopolitical entities, what Jesus means when he says, go and make disciples of all nations, of all ethne, is to go and make disciples of all peoples, people groups tribes. Jesus is echoing the giving of the covenant to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, which is, we, which is what we read here. I will bless those who bless you, and him who don't, dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Jesus' great commission is the taking forward of the blessing of Abraham to all nations. And the blessing of Abraham is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel. And so when Jesus says all nations... He is fulfilling this word given to Abraham that all families of the earth shall be blessed. You see, the nations in in view in, in Matthew 28 is much more granular than a geopolitical entity. It is families. It is people groups. This includes all races. When Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, there is something Beautiful being declared there. He is saying that there won't be a people group missing around the throne of Christ. There won't be a people group missing around the throne of Christ. Listen to these words from the book of Revelation where we get to see heaven. Revelation 7, 9, and 10. After this, I looked, and behold... Again, we see that when Jesus says all nations, he is talking about every language, every tribe, all peoples. There will be representation in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this does not quite clinch the point because we may say that that is the uh, effectiveness of the evangelist that goes across all nations and makes disciples. But when I say that racial reconciliation is a gospel issue, I am saying that the reaching out to all nations is something we do because Jesus has already purchased people from all nations. And so look at the call to worship again today. Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10 They sang a new song saying, "'Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth.'" How do all these nations become representative around the throne of God? Is it because the evangelist goes to all these different nations and and determines that they will be be there by, by effectively witnessing to them? The real reason is Jesus died for people from all nations, all families. He purchased them. And so just as we preach Christ purchased you by dying for your sins as the gospel, we must also preach Christ purchased people from every nation to be His people. That is in the great Commission. When Jesus says to make disciples of all nations, it is because he has already purchased for himself people from all nations. And so we have to let this soak. The kingdom of God is a multi ethnic, multilingual, multicolored people. The uniqueness and the diversity of all these peoples, of all these families, is not obliterated in the gospel. Yes, we become one family in Christ, but the the families, the ethnicities, the tongues, they are all still there in heaven. Jesus is glorified, receiving praise from every language. Jesus is glorified receiving praise from every ethnicity. And Jesus is glorified by every color of man giving praise to him. He does not take away that diversity. He shows that diversity as beautiful as the way that he shows himself as Lord of all the earth. Because all peoples, every kind, he has purchased. That is what we, we understand when we look at how Paul lays this verse out in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, when he, he says again, Here there is not Greek and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is in all these peoples. Dwell upon that. When it says Christ is all and in all, He is saying that Christ is in the Greek, Christ is in the Jew, Christ is in the circumcised, Christ is in the uncircumcised, Christ is in the barbarian, the Scythian, the slave, the free. Christ is in all these peoples. And it is because he is in all these peoples that they are one family. But think about that. Jesus has bound himself to all types of people, to all colors, to all ethnicities, and has beautifully united all peoples into a family around him. All nations. All nations in the Great Commission means that racial reconciliation is essential to the gospel. Because we are all to be one in the gospel. Multi-ethnic, multicolored one in the gospel. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 to 16, But now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace Again, do you see that the gospel that Paul preaches is not just vertical? The the, the dividing wall that he is breaking down is not just the curtain between a sinful man and a holy God. It is also the dividing wall that has separated peoples in animosity and division for generations and centuries. Both are accomplished by the blood of Christ. The bringing near to God, a sinful man, and the bringing near to one another, two people who are of a different ethnicity, a different race, a different uh, background, is part of demonstrating the gospel and is the gospel. This is not just gospel fruit that I'm talking about. This is a gospel ingredient. What do I mean by that? By, by gospel fruit, I'm not just saying the, the fact that the church becomes multi-ethnic, multi uh, a, a multitude of peoples is, is because we just go out and preach the gospel. I am saying that the, the gospel is multi-ethnic, multicolored, multi-people because it's baked in by Christ, who when he died, ransomed people of all different sorts. And so, we cannot fulfill the Great Commission. We cannot be Great Commission people without loving all peoples. To love the gospel is to love all nations. Now, I am not promoting racial reconciliation in some secular sense. I am promoting racial reconciliation in the, the fullest sense with the greatest love. I am saying that what compels us to racial reconciliation is the love of Christ. Just as you love the blood spilt for you, you love Christ by loving the blood that was spilt for all peoples. So, racial reconciliation is a gospel must. It's not something that we can say that's someone else's thing. So, two implications. I want to leave you with two implications. I don't know if this is going to be a short sermon or not. <laughs> you can take off your shoes and throw them at me. if <laughs> you Two implications of racial reconciliation being a gospel must. First, racism is a sin against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Racism is a sin against the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, he is, he is affirming two truths. One, an old one, and the other, a new one, at least in the, the new era of the gospel. The first that he is affirming, that he is bringing back, is the truth that every person on this earth, bears the image of God. They are created by God and they have the dignity of being an image bearer of God. Jesus died for all nations. He is affirming that as the second Adam, he has ransomed people made in the image of God. He died in the place of people. And so all people are image bearers of God. All nations. I appreciate what uh, the stated clerk, not the stated clerk, but the moderator of the 38th General Assembly of the EPC said uh, in the statement that he issued calling for this lament uh, day of, of lament, fasting, and prayer. Uh, he said these words. Uh, his name is Tom Warner. He said, Racism is an abomination to God. It distorts diminishes, defames, and destroys those whom God and his goodness has created in his image. So Jesus is is clearly bringing that back to the fore. All nations bear the image of God. But he is also, when he says, go and make disciples of all nations, letting us know that Jesus has shed his blood for every people group. And I want you to hear how Peter, the disciple that we have been studying over the last several months as a disciple, understands what it means to say Jesus' blood has been shed. Peter says in his first letter, uh, verse 18 to 20, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you. The blood of Jesus is more precious than every room filled with gold and silver. It is more precious than every valuable thing on this earth. There is no thing more precious than the blood of Christ because it is the blood that God in heaven loved. Before the foundation of the world, he he had his son, Jesus, who he beheld and loved with his infinite love. Jesus, the son, the most precious, cherished thing, the person to the father who has never known a moment without being flooded with perfect love and adoration. God gave that one's blood to purchase every single person in heaven. That is the blood that has been spilt for all peoples. The reason I picked the Great Commission as the text for today, is so that we no longer treat racism as just a political or social issue. Racism denies all nations. That is what it is opposed to. And therefore, it is the enemy of the gospel. Thus, racism is as much an issue, a gospel issue as abortion, which I have preached on, or sexual immorality. These are all top-tier issues. And so I want to read what the uh, EPC stated in their letter that came out a couple days ago. Because of the clear testimony of God's Word, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church unambiguously declares that racism in any form is an abomination to the God who created all races and is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Evangelical Presbyterian Church condemns racism and calls to repentance all individuals, groups, and structures that advocate it. Beloved, we must repent of permitting any confusion on this point. Racism is a sin against the gospel of Jesus Christ decrying racism, and pursuing racial reconciliation is part of being gospel-centered. A second implication. Racism is the church's fight. Racism is the church's fight. I want to tell you why I have um, personally wrestled with is this my fight? And that's because I think I've bought a lie. Um, And this is the lie I'm not a racist. As long as I can say that statement, I'm done with this fight. I'm not a racist is the thing that seems to be the end of the discussion. I know this isn't a conversation for me because I'm not a racist. I've never said the N-word. I've, I've never uh, done anything overtly, explicitly racist. But then, as I, I've been reflecting this week, I made it to the age of 38 before I ever had a true black friend. Is that because I spent 38 years before meeting a, a black person? No I don't exactly know what all that means. But I can look at my life and say clearly, I have made preference after preference after preference for white people. Was it out of hatred? Is it out of anger? I don't think so. But. It, it is apparent to me. That simply saying I'm not a racist. Is not enough. And again it goes back to what it means to say all Nations we must live out the gospel we must live out those words Christ is all and in all that's what it means to to affirm all nations if you would turn turn to Matthew chapter 25 this uh, gut-punch parable uh, of the judgment. We're told Jesus uh, describes himself standing before uh, people and he divides the the goats and and he divides the sheep right and left. And um, we know the story. He he says to to the sheep, I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you and naked and clothe you? And when did we uh, see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to me, Of the least of these, my brothers, as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And then Jesus turns to the goats and says the same thing, except you did not do this and this and this. What is Jesus telling us in this parable? He is saying that when we are gospel people, we love Jesus by loving the person in need. And when we recognize that that person is all nations, all peoples, all languages, all colors, to simply say, I'm not a racist when brothers and sisters of color are crying for help? Beloved, what would Jesus say? The black person is Christ to us. The poor person is Christ to us. The unjust sufferer is Christ to us. The one who cries, I cannot breathe. The story doesn't end with assuring ourselves we are not a racist. The story of make disciples of all nations is a recognition that people from all nations are our brothers and sisters, and are we our brother's keeper? So what to do? I I am not preaching in, in, in any manner at all to scold or to judge I, I I don't know where you guys are this is this is my journey that I have been sharing. This is my work if it resonates with you, good. What to do though for me it's finally become a place and a time of self-examination. It has been too long that I have made excuses for why this isn't my issue. It is a time for me to self-examine. Why has my life turned out this way? Why have I made these deep-seated choices unthinkingly, naturally? I need to understand myself better. And I lament myself that I am at the eve of my 39th birthday, and I've kicked the can a lot. second thing that I have resolved to do is to increase my understanding. I understand the perspective of half of the people. But I am not loving my brother to not understand the other half. To not understand what is the anger, what is the perceived injustice, what is... What is the hurt to not care enough to hear it and understand it? I can't do it any longer. And so I'm taking a journey through movies and through books to try and understand better. Maybe you too feel the need to do that. And I'm going to participate tomorrow's day of lament and prayer and fasting. Not as the end, not as something that is going to absolve this issue or or check it off the, the checklist, to really wrestle to really take lament to take that what is wrong and how long why those those deep questions to God corporately and i'm also going to share more of my journey as we go forward. I'm not going to just default to the vertical gospel. We will talk about both. I want to conclude with the laments that were published by the denomination I'm going to read them. I think they'll be on the screen. But these, uh, these are part of the laments that have motivated the day of lament, fasting, and prayer, which is tomorrow. We lament the pain and anger that has been unleashed with the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and too many others. We lament the evil of racism that denies we are all created in the image of God and are precious and equal as his standard bearers. We lament the reality of racism, which has resulted in inequality and injustice in far too many communities. We lament the reality that while the ideal in the United States is that all enjoy equal treatment before the law, that ideal has fallen so short of becoming the standard for so many people. We lament the reality that while all should be treated with dignity and respect by law enforcement, in too many instances, people of color, especially African American men, are subject to violence and even death at the hands of those who have sworn an oath to never betray the public trust. We lament that in too many instances in history, the church has failed to understand and empathize with the deep-seated pain, grief, anger, and confusion felt by the African-American community. Beloved, racial reconciliation is a gospel must. Racism is a sin against the gospel of Jesus Christ, Racism is the church's fight. I leave you with these last words from Hebrews 13, 3. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Thank you for your love, a love that loved us so much that though we were wretched, filthy, obstinate, enemies of God and of holiness, choosing our own way, full of every justifiable reason to be judged, Yet you loved us. And you sent your son whom you foreknew, meaning you loved before time began intensely and perfectly to shed his precious blood to reconcile us to you. But also to reconcile us into one family made of all nations. Father, help us to see Christ in our brother, in our sister. Help us, Heavenly Father, to see Christ in all and to love and to serve and to sacrifice ourselves for our brother. Teach us we are our brother's keeper, Father. Teach us that as we are about to pray the Lord's Prayer, that we pray it in the plural. We pray it with the peoples of all nations together. And so we pray now, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon from River Community Church. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church located in Prairieville, Louisiana, whose purpose is to help people live in and live out the good news of Jesus Christ. We welcome you to worship with us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and to learn more about us at rivercommunity.org.